Changing your professional life is hard, but it's also unavoidable for many lawyers. You're going to be static. You're like a deer in the headlights. You're just going to get annihilated. I'm Stephanie Francis-Ward, and when we return, two lawyers who have made various job changes will tell you how you can do it, too. This ABA Journal podcast is brought to you by Westlaw Next. Folder sharing on Westlaw Next enables you to tap into previous research across organizational boundaries like never before, saving you time from reinventing the wheel. Learn more at westlawnext.com. Today we're speaking of Richard Granat and Karen Kaplowitz. Richard is the CEO and founder of several legal startups, including Law Media Labs and Smart Legal Forms, and was one of the first attorneys to launch a virtual law firm. Karen began her career as a third woman lawyer ever to be hired by O'Melveny and Myers, then launched her own small firm. She's now the president of the consultant firm, the New Ellis Group, and specializes in business development. How did you make the switch from doing the trial work to the focus on business development? Well, it kind of came uh, naturally because when I left my small women-owned law firm to join a mid-sized firm, I had been an expert on marketing our own little firm. So when I joined this mid-sized firm, I took on the responsibility of supporting everybody else in the firm who was interested. And then 15 years ago, I came to a crossroads and decided that I wanted to spend my time on the business side not practicing law, but I'd been working really in supporting other people for over 15 years at that point. And it just kind of dawned on you at one point, you know, I'm really good at this. I could get paid for, other than like just doing favors for people and doing this as part of your law firm practice. I could go out and get people to hire me to do this. So that just kind of dawned on you one day or? You know, it, it it came to a point where I felt torn between being involved on the business side of running my law firm and being a practicing lawyer. And I just got to a point where I decided that I could spend full time on the business side and that I chose to. Um, so it wasn't that scary because I had lots of experience. Uh, and I had a very broad network to rely on to help generate clients, and I just did it. Richard, you said previously that you think it's a good idea to reinvent yourself every five years or so, and that's what you've done. Um, I'm going to guess that your children were young during some of your career change. Well, my wife worked. That helped. Yeah. And uh, in most cases, I, I was like starting an enterprise. Uh, I had resources from other enterprises that fueled the next one. I think it's always, uh, you know, a risk if you're starting something from scratch. But that's not the only career moves that people can make. Uh, sometimes uh, a career move can be driven by simply switching a practice area because one concludes they're more passionate about one area than the other. Uh, for some people, they may never should have gone to law school in the first place. And sometimes mm. a career move is to move into something which is collateral, uh, like a marketing role or a business development role, rather than uh, you know a straight practice role. So, I, you know, I think it really depends what drives your passion and what you're really interested in. It's clear that most lawyers will have to consider at some point some change in their career, either changing a job, going to a different firm, going into a different business, doing something different. I mean, I th I think that Richard's right that the uh, changes in the legal marketplace and in the economy will drive a lot of change. And people need to be mindful that 
if they live from paycheck to paycheck and they don't have some savings that give them some flexibility, they're going to have fewer options and less control over making changes. So you're, as to your point about what do you do if you have children and a mortgage, you know, people have to have some sense of some flexibility in their lives and some financial control to enable more opportunities. Right. Yeah, I think, that's really, uh, I think that's really a good point. I, you know, the way uh, t- for me to be a professional means you're constantly learning something new, uh, even in the law. The law is always changing, and I think it's actually incumbent on lawyers to kind of reinvent themselves, even if in the, in the same practice area over a period of time. So that requires a, a kind of uh, an R&D kitty, always looking for having some resources to be able to prepare for the next big thing that's coming along because clearly um, what was before will never last. I mean, we see this happening all the time. You know, the real estate market collapses, so you've got to anticipate that and realize that you're not going to be making money in real estate law for a decade, so you need to switch into something else. It's never static. It's always dynamic. And well, if you're going to, if you're going to be static, you're like a deer with his uh, head in the headlights. You're just going to get annihilated. Another way to kind of think about that is that our clients are always changing, too. So if lawyers are very client-focused and client-centric and are paying very close attention to their clients' businesses, if they're on the business side of law, then they're going to evolve because their clients' businesses and business needs will keep changing. So, for example... You know, Richard is in the online lawyering business, e-lawyering. The clients, the business community has become a virtual business community as well, so that if people who serve businesses who are very oriented to the new ways of doing business online, for example, are paying attention, and they have to evolve in the same kind of way. So one of the rules uh, and, and enablers of change is to stay very client-focused. We tell lawyers, actually, that you have a new generation of clients, a millennium generation, where they have the Internet in their DNA, and uh, they really expect to deal with their lawyers online because they shop online, they get their entertainment online, they bank online, and... The reality is this new generation would probably prefer to text you rather than sit in your office in a face-to-face conversation. So all those changing consumer behaviors, which include a need for transparency and speed and things like fixed pricing, are going to require changes not only in lawyer behavior but also in the technologies that they use to deliver legal services. And we tell law firms that we work with that they're going to have to adapt to that. And it's part of the reinvention process. I mean, it's just not static. You, you constantly have to adapt to where your clients are going. As uh, Gretzky would say, you go to where the puck's going to be, not where it's been. So I heard, I heard a, a client, a senior uh, lawyer at a major entertainment conglomerate, last week say that he tells the law firms and lawyers who do work for him not to send anything that can't be read on one screen of his cell phone. Mm-hmm. He wants very short information, advice, and messages. He's not going to read beyond one screen. 
I'm curious, Karen, so when one of your consulting clients, when they come to you, because oftentimes they probably do want to make a change, and that's in part why they come to you, how do you help them build up their confidence to do that? Well, I often work with lawyers who've made changes. I actually work more with people after they've made lateral moves. You know, we're, in, we're, we're seeing an epidemic of people making lateral moves, and they often get to new law firms without much support, and that's a place I step in. In terms of people kind of assessing what's possible, I think the starting point for people is to figure out who they know, among the people they know, who thinks highly of them, and which of those people is in a position to help them. So I help people think about an inventory of their resources, primarily on the people side. And when they do that, when they're carefully thinking through, well, who do they know and which of those people are likely to help them because they think highly of them, they can prioritize who they go to for help. And that's a very empowering kind of analysis and process. Can you tell me um, about some successful changes you've seen with other lawyers? Uh, A lawyer with whom I worked developed a spectacular reputation as a plaintiff-side class action lawyer and often uh, prosecuted class action claims against the big accounting firms. And at some point, that lawyer started getting hired by the accounting firms that he used to sue. And over time, transitioned from being a plaintiff-side class action lawyer to being an accountant's liability defense lawyer. Now, that was a very smooth, natural evolution of that practice. But it's also an idea that people have to keep in mind. If they develop expertise that serves one group, will the same information and expertise serve another group as well? Okay. I, you know, I think at a, at a more um, skill, a fundamental level, uh, every lawyer needs to know what they're really strong at, what their strengths and weaknesses are. There, there are clearly certain kinds of personalities which work better with certain kinds of practices. So the person who's a tax practitioner is not the same person who's going to be a class action lawyer. And uh, you don't necessarily want to fall into an area which is playing to your weakness rather than your strength at whatever price. Uh, Even if the price looks good, you still need to stay in the area where you're strong, uh, personality-wise and intellectually, because otherwise you're going to get frustrated, and it's, it's never going to work. It's not going to work out. You'll be unhappy. And Karen, what do you think? Do you think there's a lot of lawyers who would like to change what they do? Well, I think a lot of lawyers these days are being forced to change what they do or what they expected to do. I mean, I think that everyone has to be prepared for the inevitable changes that go on. Law firms collapse, go into bankruptcy. The partner with whom a lawyer works leaves a firm, retires, or dies even or the economy changes in some way that wipes out some kind of work that goes on. You know, the other thing that's going on that that Richard's really at the forefront on is the changes in the legal marketplace, the, the commoditization of so much work. 
you know, there's so many things that are now getting broken down uh, into pieces that don't require lawyers at all, uh, that can be done by uh, consumers on their own, or can be done by paraprofessionals. So, uh, you know, lawyers have to be prepared to figure out something else. I think there are as many people who are being impacted by those kinds of changes as are sitting around thinking they'd like to make a change, they just haven't gotten around to it. Well, I would think changing on your own is going to be a lot easier for you in a variety of ways and being forced to change. Would you both agree with that? Yes. Yes, although, you know, people often don't change until they're forced to change. I mean, so, for example, um, I'm often brought in by a legal outplacement service that provides my uh, support to some of its clients. And what those lawyers find out is that the process of learning how to transition and to take advantage and build their own networks, for example, positions them very well for the rest of their careers, and they're learning skills that are just invaluable. Um, So, you know, I think a lot of people don't start making changes until they're really pushed, but sometimes find it to be a really empowering experience. And in terms of anticipating changes, what's your advice on anticipating how a practice will change early on so you can reap the benefits from it? Well, this goes back to sort of a core value that I have about practicing law, which is that it has to be very client-focused. So whatever client group lawyers are servicing, they need to be talking to those people and understanding what they need, where they're going, and how the legal services have to adapt to best serve those clients. That's kind of at the heart of the professionalism of lawyers. And if people are doing that in a consistent way, listening to their clients, understanding their clients' objectives, and understanding their constraints as well, especially economic ones, then they will get into the habit of figuring out what needs to change to best serve their clients. And those are the kinds of changes that will open doors for them as well. Well, what do you think, Richard? I think you have to have a healthy sense of curiosity about what's going on around you, and at least what's going on around in the world, because the changes that we're seeing in the world itself create new legal problems and new legal issues. And from those new legal issues, new practice areas flow. Every one of these technological waves around us creates uh, new new legal issues. So if you have a sense of curiosity and you're interested in those things and you're kind of ready for the opportunity, there are opportunities out there that people can seize on. We're teaching a course in law practice management for law students and we talk to them about how to identify a niche that they can develop over a period of time, moving into an area where nobody else is in, and connecting that with your core interests and your core passions, because you spend so much time practicing law. If you don't really enjoy the underlying subject matter, I think you burn out really quickly. So it's the world that really creates the opportunities. I mean, I do divorce law, and I have a whole new area on same-sex divorce. That, that I'm working on, and same-sex 
couples who have custody issues. Um, you know, so the law changes because society is constantly changing. So you have to have a healthy sense of curiosity about what those changes are. I read somewhere that if you are thinking about if you want some changes in your professional career, if, you, if you're surrounded by people who have the same life experiences and outlook as you, that's probably not very good for you bringing change to your life because everyone's thinking the same way. So it's, it's a great idea to expose yourself to people with different experiences and different outlooks on life. Would you both agree with that? Another strategy that's really the opposite, in effect, is to look for people who are doing things that attract you and that interest you, who are role models and whose career path you can study. So one thing I often advise lawyers to do is to go find other lawyers they admire and study their careers, see what organizations they were part of, see what they write about, see what firms or other employers they've had, uh, because that can also show people the way. And now we have such vast access online to so much information about people that people can get access to and study a pretty wide array of role models, too. Yeah, I, I think that's really a good idea. I think cop- copying is the sincerest form of flattery. Mm-hmm. And uh, I copy a lot, <laughs> both in ideas and people I, you know, that I want to work with. I think it's a, a very efficient strategy to find a mentor or somebody who's blazed a path before and then copy that path. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and the idea of role models doesn't have to necessarily rise to the level of a mentor. So you can right. identify somebody who you admire and study their career path, even if you don't have a personal relationship with them, mm-hmm. in a mentor or sponsor kind of way. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. And on that note, that's everything I have. Did either of you want to add anything else? Well, I think the topic of uh, career changes is just a fabulous topic because it impacts so many lawyers these days who are affected by law firms collapsing, law firms downsizing, um, things changing. And so thank you for um, addressing this issue. It's really an important one. This ABA Journal podcast is brought to you by Westlaw Next, powered by WestSearch, the world's most advanced legal search engine delivering the best results in seconds. Learn more at westlawnext.com.